All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Yellow Home. Big hats right here. Uh, man, oh man. Um, that was a Fireboy, uh, DML, and Ed Sheeran. Um, you know, sometimes you, you we interview a lot of people on the show. I've interviewed a lot of people on, on, on radio since 2008 till now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just incredible. Today is definitely a, a historic day for me personally. Uh, and, of course, we are really honored, uh, you know, to have um, this following guest on Pulse 95 Radio. She's a spoken word poet, a visual artist, a social activist, a basketball player. Uh, but most importantly, I think what people... Uh, need to realize that she's an incredible human being. She's a human first before become any, before she became anything like all of us. And you see that in her poetry. You see that in her vibe. You see that in her personality. And I just cannot wait um, to definitely play one on one with her. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got Asma Al Badawi with us. We're going to say Assalamu Alaikum. Alaikum Assalam. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor to have you, fam. How are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah. Sun is shining. You're talking to us from uh, England, is it? Are you? No, I'm in Holland at the moment. Holland. Oh wow. Okay. Cool. Bless you. Um, Asma, it's a it's a it's a huge honor. Your work reflects um, just uh, you know pureness and just uh, authenticity. Really, I want to ask you. Um, obviously, you do poetry and basketball. Now, th- that th- what was the spark to start like poetry? Like, what was it? Was it a, a poem that you heard? How did you get into spoken word? Because it's such a beautiful thing. I'm into hip hop and, I, I, you know, rap is rhythm and poetry. And spoken word is such an integral part of, of, of hip hop and, and rap culture generally. So um, tell me about your poetry, Spark. So for me, I remember like being in school when I was a lot younger, when I was around eight years old. Mm. And I remember like always getting red markings on my books when they came back and the spelling would be bad and the grammar would be bad and everything and then once we had a session that was literally just about poetry eight-year-old brain was just so excited about this thing you know and then i i started writing and then i kept it like a private thing okay i never shared it with anyone because i knew if i showed it to these teachers they're gonna put those red markings on Mm. um and then throughout the years, uh, I started sharing a little bit more. We started doing MSN um, conversations where people from around the world would jump in and they'd write their poems and we'd respond. And then and I started watching Jeff, uh, uh, oh, Deaf Poetry. Deaf Poetry, oh my God, with uh, Yassim Yeah. Bey. Yeah, yeah, oh my and God. The way they used to like talk about social issues in such an elegant way and they like, uh, they kept the crowd entertained I found it really fascinating and in 2015 I decided that I wanted to try mm. you know going on stage and it was like the best thing that I ever did. How, how, how was that experience because a lot of people take it for granted as well getting on stage that that anxiety uh, do, do you still have it right now like what take us through that first time go back in time and like when you got on the mic and people were clapping smile Bedoui, let's go <laughs> how did it go? I mean I think my first um my first proper performance was quite a small crowd, but it was still like a big event. And I, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I, I, I read from a paper because I, I didn't trust myself yeah. to not forget the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the shaker was, the paper was shaking and I was shaking. Oh, and, bless. But eventually I, I was fine. I mean, I'm, I'm very used to public speaking, so I didn't have too many issues with it. Mm-hmm. But the issue 
issue for me was getting on the stage. I think for like years, I was trying to get on the stage. I saw like a lot of Muslim charities in the UK bringing men down, um, poets and kind of having them entertain at different events, but they weren't ready for women. So it took me a long time to, to finally get the opportunity. And I, I went straight to the mainstream rather than to wow. a Muslim. Yeah, but I hear I hear a lot of per- persistence uh, in, in 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 your in your in your voice in your aura. I can see it. Like you know, I <laughs> I, 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 I and I salute you for that. Really. Um, okay, so from poetry to basketball, and what people don't maybe understand is that specifically hip hop and basketball have a very very big relationship. Like there is a and poetry and basketball also there. What was that? The relate. You know what I'm talking about. Was that the same thing, or what was the spark for basketball? I know that you you played basketball with your older brother, and like you know um, uh, in the neighborhood where you were um what was the spark to get into bowling bowling for me was literally coincidental like <laughs> <laughs> i used to be a netball player i played netball what? for like seven oh, years oh wow yeah and then I, i had a basketball but we we'd go to the basketball court but we just played like shooting games we never mm. played proper basketball and i hated defense like i absolutely <laughs> hate people coming next to me with netball you had that whole meter space it's yes. all good But then um, when I went to university, first years I didn't do nothing. And then eventually I decided that I needed to play a sport for my mental health. Mm. So I tried equestrian. I loved it. Like I was horse riding for like three weeks. Wow, bless and then you. Bless you. I thought, yeah, I thought it's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need no sport. <laughs> oh, man. And then I found that they had a basketball team uh. for women that joined and like, completely absolutely loved the game after a year i spoke to my dad about wanting to do this forever and he was just like you know you you should do this you should get your coaching qualifications um inspire girls and i was just like dad i just want to play you know like i'm not trying to do all of that wow <laughs> no but god bless but you did you like you did uh you know and i think uh, you know what you were able to do as well in your career changing you know rules and and And, 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 and making a statement. I think what people don't realize is that when you're loud, whether you're loud vocally or with your actions, it really it does make a difference. Which brings me to my next question. And I want you to be as honest as possible. Um, I think it was like a few years back, LeBron James, and it was like Fox News. Someone said to LeBron James, you shut up and dribble or something like that. And I was like, what? I mean, you're a human being before being anything else. Now, my question to you is, how do you respond to those who say athletes should not kind of kind of say their opinion and, and actually make social change? Because you guys are the one that have the power. How do you respond to that? <laughs> I feel like I, to a certain extent, I understand people that say that because they, they're there for the sport. But at the same time, I think for many years, the reason I, I probably took side of the people that thought that you know if you're an athlete if you're a public figure you should just keep your opinions to yourself mm. and then during like the last few years i realized that the only reason i felt like that was because the first time i encountered racism in basketball i actually spoke out and when i spoke out the whole entire team stopped talking to me and and then there was like a breakdown of that relationship and then i changed teams shortly after mm. and Uh, so there was this thing ingrained in me like you don't speak out like people will 
it's worse to speak out than it is to like there's loads of consequences but now mm. i feel like i completely feel the opposite yeah especially when i started becoming more vocal because yeah. so much happens in sports like in the ch- in the um the locker rooms in the uh yeah. what's it called yeah yeah on like stadiums live coaches, facts facts yeah so if if you don't speak about these things they never get resolved and like i remember like when I, my first team that I ever played with there was a girl who'd already graduated from the university and she'd been playing for seven years mm. after she'd graduated and a lot of us girls were on the bench while she was playing no one said anything you know and now that i'm a lot like older and i've seen a lot more things i'm like no you know you should speak out like if you're an athlete and you see something wrong yeah to change it yeah so i see that's that's, that's what i love about you <laughs> like seriously i i i think you know you become a fan of what because i think i don't know maybe there's a certain culture um i don't know how like speak out 100 because i think it's uh it, it's your right and when i heard that anchor actually said that because for a lot of people um asma a lot of people think that sports is only entertaining and like go watch these guys paid a lot of millions of dollars uh, get entertained but then they have no right to speak their mind make change um what they don't realize is for example the top top followed profile on instagram is a is a football player cristiano ronaldo So like he is like you know he's actually more followed than his own team right like if you think about it it's just uh, crazy um uh, I got to ask you this as a basketball question I want you to set the record straight is it MJ or Kobe or LeBron who is your who's the greatest of all time <laughs> <laughs> Kobe is LeBron Oh wow okay why I think cuz I watched the the Michael Jordan um series yes, documentary yeah. and I was like I don't know if I like him anymore <laughs> <laughs> that, that's yeah that's honest yeah I hear you a lot of people were like he was uh yeah it, he was definitely a character but LeBron James I mean what he was do- he's done to the game he's just crossed uh, obviously uh Kobe I believe uh for the for the for the second and he's the second all-time scorer at Carmelo sorry second uh, t- all-time scorer this is incredible for someone like that Do, do you think he's going to cross uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's uh, number? Like, is that going to happen? I mean, I hope not because King <laughs> Abdul-Jabbar is a Muslim. He's on our team. <laughs> Fact. Uh, have you ever met, like, any uh, NBA uh, basketball player? And and if so, who? Uh, I met uh, the South African Sudanese player, uh, Lu Deng. Lu Deng. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. What a guy. Yeah, he's from Sudan. Uh, South African Sudanese, I think. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Incredible guy. Played for the Chicago Bulls, I believe. That's incredible. Um, okay, so now both of these worlds that you're into, like spoken word and, and basketball, they're just incredible worlds. Can you kind of... I don't, I don't like to ask that question, but let's say you have to drop one. What would it be? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is such a hard question. It is. <laughs> oh, I think I would drop. Ah, oh, I can't. Okay. <laughs> I, see. I see her. Oh, God, it is tough. Like, like, just for the sake of conversation, you know, people are tuning in right now. And by the way, you're getting a lot of love from the SMS. Uh, shout out to Noura Abdelaziz tuning in from the capital. Apparently, they're big fans of you. They've seen your TEDx, um, your, your TEDx, uh, I think, uh, poem. Um, wh- which one would you drop, just for the sake of co- uh, conversation? I think I, I would keep the sport then, because yeah. I feel like there's more power in it. Oh, man. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, when you, when, you, when you answer that, you think about it. Also, your poetry is just incredible at, at, at what you do. Um, um, Asma, you, you, your face is all over the, 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 the you know, the, the, the UAE right now. People can see it. Um, what does that mean to you? And do you feel more responsible right now slash pressure in a way to always deliver, always kind of be on point, be more vocal or no? Um, to be honest, I feel like Allah gives us these things when we're almost ready for it. Yeah. I think if that happened to me a couple of months ago or a year ago, I I, I would feel that pressure because yeah. I was feeling that pressure. Mm. But now I, I try to always remind people that I am human mm. first. Um, there's obviously in some in some instances um, some pressure because a lot more people reach out, a yeah. lot more people... Um, need help or want support and it's difficult to help everyone mm. Mm. but um, but this year for me has been the year for taking it easy that's what I told myself from the beginning so I'm, I'm just being very selective mm. in, in the uh, way that I yeah. do everything how important is it to reset like just to kind of uh, your, your mindset it gets a lot of pressure a lot of people sometimes I fell into it as well I feel a little bit burnt out I feel like you know I'm not you know doing something how important do you go through that do you reset I mean I, I try to reset every week at least once wow. I have wow. a day called sleep day <laughs> wow. sleep day is just naps all day and Netflix and food that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I can do you. you I, I envy you. <laughs> I mean, for, for a lot of people, maybe including me, I feel if I reset, I'll be missing out. So it's like, you, you because it's a survival thing as well. Um, but bless you, you know, this is just incredible. I don't want to put you on the spot, but is there any way, anything at all you can, uh, you know, tell us a, a poem, anything, if you can. If not, it's all good. If it's appropriate, if, if you can. I can do one, but let me get my poetry book first. Oh, okay, 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 okay. The poetry <laughs> book is coming, ladies and gentlemen. We are having a discussion with Asma El El Bedoui uh, live on air right now. Go follow her. She's incredible. Um, we've posted about her on uh, our social media, uh, on Pulse95 Radio. She's incredible. Uh, and she is uh, amazing what she does. And I made her now get out of the chair and get that poetry book. <laughs> um, where can people find that book? Um, the book is online. Mm. I think it's if you press the link in my Instagram, okay. it will pop up. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, I think there's an e- e-book version as well. All right, amazing. Okay. Uh, whatever whatever you feel, the energy is, is to you. So whatever you feel like, maybe just a few lines of Asma Bedoui. <laughs> oh, this, this is a few lines. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so th- this one I've decided to do, uh, I called it Kandaka, but it has a different name. Um, Kandaka, yeah. If you're Sudanese, you know. Shout out to my Kandakas. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they call us the queens, Renea, Konigin, and Kandakas. Derived from earth, nurturers, and carers. We come in all shades and hair textures. Some of us carefully fold fabrics over our heads, divine, independent, and magnificent. We belong to different nations and tribes. Our tongues are accustomed to different spices and give off unique aromas of language. Our bodies occupy different spaces. We are skateboarders, designers, singers, poets, athletes, artists, and dancers. Life is created within us. We are fighters. We are the revolution. We are the movement. We are sisterhood. In one with the universe. Mm. We feel its murmurs, shed tears of joy and pain. We are sacred. We are woman. 
no woman, no life. Oh my God. Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, what? Wow. You know, I'm snapping. <laughs> If you're into poetry culture, you know that you know, snapping your fingers is a thing. Oh my God, this is Asma'a Bedoui. Allah yahmiki. Wallahi ukhti, you are uh, an amazing soul. Sarahatan, um, um, you know, you you become a fan uh, instantly and may Allah protect you and, and, and give you even more. My last question to you would be, and I thank you so much for your time. Um, what is the most challenging thing that you ever had to go through? Um, like if, if someone would ask you that and, and how did you pass through it? Um, yeah, as, as, as a challenge, because we all go through challenges. What was Asma Badawi's challenge? I think my biggest challenge is probably my mental health. Mm. Um, mm. The, I mean, I had spikes in my life, but I think the how I got through it, alhamdulillah, like I feel like I have the most amazing parents in the world. Shout And out to them. I remember like one, one episode a few years ago when I was a lot younger, um, I started screaming and I, I couldn't stop screaming in the house. And I remember my dad came up the stairs and he, with my mom, and they both like looked at me and then my dad was like, okay, um, have you finished? And I said, no. And he was like, get it, get it all out. <laughs> so I literally screamed the house down. He didn't care about the neighbors. Wow. And then as soon as I finished, my mom told me like, what do you need? And I told her I just want to sleep. And then they kind of put me in bed and they like left. And then a few hours later, they came up to check up on me and then... I felt like they always gave me the time yes. to get therapy, to seek help, to, to anything, you know? And I, I feel like we, we always talk about life uh, and people succeeding in life, but we don't understand that they also have their own issues. Fact. So for me, I don't tend to like talk about it so much. No, we thank you for talking about it. I still talk about it because it's yeah. important. Yeah, so I, I would say that that year, after that year, I was a completely different person. I, I saw my parents in a different way. Wow. I saw my family in a different way. And, and now I'm just like, I, I can do anything with them, with me, you know? God bless. Alhamdulillah. Shout out to your parents. I mean, this is incredible. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a father for an autistic kid, uh, and me and my one and only, we... Uh, It's, 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 it's a struggle. So I really connected with exactly what you said and big up to them. Specifically coming in from our region, there's this whole taboo about mental health. And I don't even think, even when you use the Arabic language, I think some of the uh, terminologies need to change in order for us to really make that impact. So Allah Yahmiki, and this is incredible, very important that someone like you who is into poetry, basketball, and activists change rules, you guys. Like, you know, rules have changed because of this woman. Because there's a human being right here in front of us. It's a huge honor, really, to have you. Um, Asma Abadoui, thank you so much for being on Charges First and only English uh, radio station. Before I let you go, what are you up to for the remaining of the year? What can we expect? So I'm currently in an artist residency. Nice. So I'm, I'm working on my own sort of photography, videography stuff. Yes. So I'm doing that, alhamdulillah. And um, before I go, um, I, I don't, no, normally don't do that, do this. But this morning I spoke to my mom and she wasn't feeling very well. So if you could all make dua for my mom, her name is Sittajil. Sittajil. Um, and just all make dua for her. I'd really appreciate it. Sittajil, of course. And uh, God bless her. Uh, may Allah protect you all. You are an amazing shout out to you and Sudan. Uh, in one word, Asma, what does Sudan mean to you? 
home. Home. I forget it. Oh, bless. <laughs> it, it is home. Uh, God bless you. Just stay on uh, on air. We're going to be right back, you guys. Asma El Bedoui, an incredible human being, was with us and she blessed us. Massive, massive energy. We're going to be right back. Keep it locked right here on Pulse 95 Radio.